Welcome to For the Love of Books, a podcast by North Lancashire Libraries. Hi everyone, welcome back to the North Lancashire Libraries podcast For the Love of Books. My name is Chris Wilson, the eServices Librarian, and this morning I am joined with Hilary Petrie, the Digital Learning Officer, and also the other Digital Learning Officer, Phyllis Canavan as well. So welcome guys to the podcast. How are you guys this morning today? Waking up now. Fantastic. One caffeine unit in. <laughs> it's very important to get those caffeine points in, I Absolutely. think. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and the reason why they get, these guys are here for today's podcast is that because during Let's Go Summer, the summer activities that we had going, our digital team, who these guys are really kind of lead on, are um, have been touring the libraries with some various coding and digital technology events throughout uh, loads of our libraries and we're going to find out a little bit more about them and how they got on with with those events and stuff like that so it was a very kind of full-packed summer for you guys wasn't it we got lots of stuff going on yeah it was we did a bit of calculating things up and, and we reckon that there were 25 digital activities uh, and through them we saw about 100 just about 190 people wow. Fantastic. Um, across those. So it's been busy. The team's been kept on their toes. Um, but I think even although somebody at one point did say digital assistant, nobody told me I was working with the kids. <laughs> um, I think I've actually really enjoyed it. Yeah. And, and, and had great fun. And I, I, that's not just the, the youngsters. I think that the, the actual team as well really did enjoy getting out and about and doing something different. Fantastic. And it, there was kind of four main events that you guys were touring about uh, across for Let's Go Summer, wasn't there? Um, you got to kind of touch what they were called just now, and then we'll kind of dive into them a little bit more and find out a little bit more about them. Yeah, Phyllis, keep me right as we go, but um, it was virtual reality. Yep. There was uh, a Code Club boot camp, which is kind of an intense introduction to, co- to coding. For, for me as well as the kids, I have to add. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we did something called Interland, which we'll come back to and explain a bit more about. And the the last one, well, we either called it life size coding or human coding or something along those lines. But it was it was taking humans and moving them around a big grid as though they were being coded. Fantastic, and uh, also it was fantastic. And there's lots of photos of various things on our social media and stuff like that. If anyone wants to go and have a wee look at what's been going on and stuff, because lots of folk um, did have lots of fun with it as well. So it looks fantastic. Now, you did have a little bit extra help. Uh, it wasn't just the two of you that were doing this, didn't you? There was a few other staff members that have been kind of helping out. So I think we should give a little bit of a shout out to them for the help that they've been doing. Yeah, we have got four amazing digital assistants. We have Ekaterine, who's based in Cumbernault, Alan, based in Coatbridge, Peter over in Motherwell and David in Wisher and we really mixed it up and we all did a wee bit of everything everywhere <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so I it was it was like a wee holiday for us as well getting out of the office for a little bit and kind of Absolutely. touring some of the, the libraries that you don't necessarily see a lot and things like that fantastic and there must have been a little bit of preparation work involved in some of these as well like I already mentioned there the, the life-size code one in particular I'm thinking probably with the grid thing and stuff like that yeah, that kind of, I sat in on a, a webinar about um, STEM activities for, for kids a couple of years ago, and they kind of uh, mentioned life-size coding, um, not in any great detail, but I started kind of looking into it then, and then COVID hit, so that was my idea out the window. Yeah, 
<laughs> um, so it's it's been kind of a germinating in in my brain for a couple of years, and um, eventually, with the help of the rest of the team, we were able to make it real. Fantastic. And uh, and create the board and some obstacles and 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 make it a proper coding experience. And did it live up to the dream that you had in your head for almost two years? Even <laughs> better, Chris. Even better than I thought it was going to be. And not only that. We actually managed to get some of the adults that thought they were there just to watch what was happening. We managed to get them involved as well. Fantastic. So we had mums, dads, grannies all involved in the writing up the code and actually being the the computer and, and uh, following through the instructions. So I know it was Fantastic. it was definitely a, an entertainment. And I what? think as Phyllis said that, that, that you know we've talked about the team, but actually on on this one, our, our team got even bigger because we have to say a huge thank you to some of the 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 sort of backroom staff and libraries who helped us secure all the bits and pieces that we needed for that. Um, I'm quite sure that you know one member of staff in particular, Phyllis, emailed her once more was probably yeah going going to run away from us. <laughs> definitely, but, um, definitely. We, but we without her, it would not have happened. It definitely wouldn't have happened, and it's much appreciated. Fantastic. And so let's dive a little bit more into detail of, of the various events and stuff. Uh, we'll start off with the virtual reality one. I think. Um, what did the kids experience at that event with kind of being transported away into a virtual world? We tried with virtual reality to stick to two main themes. So we stuck to under the sea and space fantastic um now we did have other things that they could have a look at but the two apps that we used and they're both free apps um were uh, sites in vr where mm -hmm. we were able to go to space travel around the planets do a wee bit of um, exploring on the international space station and then SeaWorld as well and the right. SeaWorld one was absolutely fabulous there's no any other word that i can use to describe it the pictures that go along with it if anybody wants to have a look at social media are absolutely brilliant because there are pictures of kids sitting in chairs with these massive big goggles on and they're trying to catch the shark that's in front of them <laughs> it was absolutely brilliant lots of squeals because there is one of them that the shark takes a bite out of the shark cage Right. But the person that screamed the loudest, I have to say, was a granny. So that's OK. <laughs> Kids were fine. They weren't bothered at all. They were quite excited about it all. Kids don't tend to show uh, fear as much. So. No, no. But, the, <laughs> but definitely the, the under the sea and the sound effects and everything as well, because you're hearing the bubbling going as though you've got, you've got your diving gear on. And it was absolutely fantastic. Sounds fantastic. And now, and whenever we were talking about this before, um, fellas, you were also telling us that you don't really need a big expensive headset for these things as well. No, no, you don't. One of the one of the kits that, that we used, and th this is where we fall back on the backroom staff, because originally the scheme was designed by Google and it was Google Cardboard. And then Google a few years ago decided that they were going to open that up to anybody that wanted to to use the headsets. Anybody could make them. They weren't going to make them anymore. And I had a, a very fantastic member of support staff who was able to source Google Cardboard headsets for me. So we had all the wee cutouts done and the, the lenses to go inside it so that you're getting the, the 3D virtual reality effect. 
the kids were able to decorate them, put their names on them so that nobody was going to be mistaken whose were whose. And uh, at the end of the day, they were able to walk away with their own headset. We were able to source them for about five pounds. Fantastic. And and so what was the kids' kind of reactions really to kind of being able to be transported away from North Lancashire to like either space or, or under the sea and things like that? What, what was the kind of real kind of experience that they kind of showed while you were while they were doing it? One of, one of the comments that we got, um, which I have to say, the, the, the North team were a wee bit excited about this. One of the comments we got from one of the kids was, um, this is the best thing I've ever done. I was like, oh, all right then, thanks very much for that. So uh, not, not being bashful or anything about it, you know, being quite happy with ourselves that we actually got something that they were excited about. They were really excited. They were yeah. really into it. We were a wee bit worried that some of them wouldn't be as into the kind of engineering element of building the Google Cardboard. Uh-huh. But even that, they, they were really into how it was going to end up looking, what the what it was going to do for them, how it all went together, how it was going to make the experience work for them. That, you know, they're, they're sitting at the beginning of it with all these bits of cardboard and they're waving about the lenses saying, what are these? What's it going to do? Yeah. So it was... It was probably one of the most exciting and sort of a joyful things that I've seen mm. a group of kids doing. It was fantastic. absolutely fantastic. Uh, for, just in case anyone wants to try and give it a go themselves, is there any restrictions on what kind of phones that they need for something like Google Cardboard that they can use, or does or can any kind of smartphone really be used? Google it? Cardboard is running on pretty much all of the the smartphones that we've got. So what we've done is we've taken like the ones the contracts that we've renewed. So it was sort of personal phones of staff. So it was the ones that we had sitting in a drawer just in case we needed a backup. Um, <laughs> so some of the some of the phones that we used are about seven, eight years old. Fantastic. And uh, and everything was working on them without any problem. So, so, so you, yeah, so you don't need the latest phone You don't, either to get you don't need the phone. latest phone. You don't need the latest headset. You just need Google Cardboard and a wee, a wee bog standard smartphone and that's you. Off you go. I mean, fantastic. That sounds like a fantastic event. It sounds as if it was really enjoyed by by everyone that came along. Now, the next one I think we'll we'll touch on. I think Howard, you were kind of mentioning it a little bit earlier on. Um, uh, we'll go to Interland. Can, can you tell us a little bit more about that? So Interland is uh, again something that's come out really throughout from the Google family, and and it's uh, a gaming and craft activity that lets us look at uh, internet safety. Um, so if if MD listened to the podcast uh, in the last series where we were talking about the activities that were to come up, you might remember that I had to confess that I really struggled with this one initially and actually had to get David, one of our digital assistants, to on a call with me to, to tell me how to actually work the games well. Thankfully, I, I'm just you know the oldest member, one of the oldest members of the team. So you know I'll, I'll play that card. I don't know what I was right, doing. So that's her just completely outed me as being the oldest <laughs> member of the team. Thanks for that, Hilary. I'm remembering I when didn't. your birthday is. I, I didn't. I, no, she did, I didn't. She did I, mention you, names. You <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the two of them, the two the two of us that are that bit older than everybody else. Um, 
you know, we're, we're maybe struggling a wee bit with some but again, it's that sort of activity that we set up some computers, but on, on, on the site, we let some of the young, the youngsters come in and they had um, four different challenges to complete as sort of computer games, whether that was running around and um, collecting little emails and that they had to decide whether there were scams in there or um, things that were trying to be hacked, whatever else, or running up and down um, levels, chasing, avoiding avoiding the baddies and the bullies and, and answering questions to get past them and so on. Um, having a great time basically with those. Um, but we also had the craft activity where they could make the, the four different um, characters from from each level as well. So there's four different um, via internet legends, if you like, that they got making there. So there's a lot of uh, cutting and gluing and sticking and uh, sticking two things and sticking two things and, and oh no what happened to that ear um kind of explanations as we went through all of that as well so it was maybe one where we maybe didn't get quite as much um take up as, as some of the others but it's one that we think that we'll, we'll return to we'll maybe describe it differently next time um yeah. but they're de de definitely a good way to sort of dip in and again it's interesting actually in one of the locations I was out and I think it was in shorts um, a number of the youngsters sort of said oh we've done a bit of that in school um, but they were quite happy to kind of go back and, and have another shot at it uh, and, and get the messages back in as well and again where parents had stayed on as well I think it was it was great for them to see how th th there's there's programs there that make internet safety fun yeah. but but drive home the message um, about you know making sure that what you're doing is safe online um, and yeah it's, it's just it was good fun. It's kind of that capturing what kids like to do and pairing it with a really important message that kind of merging the two together and kind of making it a fun experience for them to, to hopefully then learn the kind of real message behind it and get enjoying it. Now, Am I right in thinking that it was a bit of a competitive streak between some of the staff members whenever we're, you were researching no, about no, this? No, absolutely not. Into it? I, I no. seem to remember some chat and going on about who was completing it fastest or something like that or getting it the highest score think, or something. Uh, I think among these digital <laughs> assistants there is a bit of that going on. I'll hold my hands up. I'm, I'm bottom of any league table for this. <laughs> I'm not seeing that on my right. If I was to move my camera, you can see my four, five certificates for completing all four <laughs> levels and the overall, you know, I'm internet awesome. Proudly displayed. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Um, was there an overall winner of the staff members who got their fastest? Or do we want to kind of give the, the real bragging rights right to whoever got it done quickest? Do we, or do we remember? Mm. I, I, I could take a guess. But... I, could take, I could take a guess, yeah. I'm going to say David Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> Digital assistant in Wishall. Absolute yeah. gamer. Um, well and done. the one I called for help. Well, well done, David. If it, if it was, did you? If it was one of our digital assistants, we apologise and uh, and we will give you the right bragging rights in the future. Um, well, we want the next one. Um, and the next one uh, was a really quite intensive code book, a code club boot camp. I can always struggle to say that. <laughs> um, um, as well, uh, and uh, although it was a boot camp, it might not sound quite as harsh as that. It was more fun than just a kind of boot camp to kind of learn, uh, kind of get uh, learn stuff. What was the kind of the main kind of thing behind the boot camp? What was what was happening so at that session? I I done this uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, pre-COVID uh, in, in Motherwell a few times and we've run code clubs before as an after-school activity come along for an hour 
do an activity and maybe do a six six week block or so. And the idea behind the boot camps is basically we run five mornings, an hour each morning uh, or an hour and a bit each morning. I say morning, actually, we did it in the afternoons as well <laughs> this year, as I'm thinking about it. Um, and basically try and do a, a full module of a programming language. So I think we, we stuck the scratch again this year. Um, and it's a, it's a great way of building up some skills very quickly. Um, and what we found is, you know, day one, everybody's kind of looking at it. If they haven't seen it before, um, taking a wee bit of time to find out how everything works. Usually by day three, um, we can step back from it quite easily because the youngsters are in there. They know what they're doing. They're helping each other out um, and working really collaboratively. And there's some, certainly I, I was involved in the one at Wishaw. And, you know, there's a little challenge activity at the end of each each um, day's learning and you know we had youngsters on that who hadn't done any coding before who were producing the most brilliant little games and getting really really into it and it, was, it really was a case of mum sort of coming along at the end of the day going no it is time to go home honestly <laughs> we, we do need to go dragging them, out back. Dragging them back and, <laughs> um, and it was great because you know we were then able to sort of say look this is what we've been using and we know that some of the youngsters have gone on and, and continued to sort of work on it in their own time away from it as well so it's 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 just a quick sort of good way to, to really introduce the module quickly to people. Um, and yeah, certainly wish always, um, if you're out that way, keep, keep an eye on things. We will be running it uh, as an after school activity uh, in the near future. Dates and times still to be confirmed, but it is coming back to the area because it was so good there. But Phyllis, I know Cumbernauld's was, was just a massive success. Yeah, we we had this great idea that we would we would have sort of a six six or seven kids in to do <laughs> code club boot camp. That that'd be six or seven kids. That'd be that'd be okay. That'd be good. Do you think we'll get six or seven? Okay, we'll get six or seven kids. So we had seventeen kids <laughs> in Cumbernauld <laughs> on the first day, and um, we the the least that we had were was a uh, fourteen, because um, we had a couple of days that folk were going and getting their um, there's back to school haircut and that kind of thing. So we, we were averaging out about sort of 14, 15 kids a day. Um, ages ranging from sort of primary two through to sort of a first, second year. Um, and it, but it was it was really good. It was quite lively. Um, it was great to see the kids helping each other. So log into learning in Cumbernauld was absolutely transformed for, for just over an hour uh, every afternoon where there were kids running back and forward helping each other how to do things. I may even have relaxed the no food or drink beside the computers and let them have an ice <laughs> pool because it was exceptionally hot that week. Um, but it was it was really well attended and the kids really thoroughly enjoyed themselves and we actually managed to get a wee clip of film that I think you may have posted for us. Yeah, you can um, see that we, on our Facebook and, uh, and Twitter accounts, yeah. We got we gave them they get a completion certificate when they've they've worked through their module and uh, so we had a wee sort of mini awards ceremony and had a wee chat with them about what they liked about the, the experience. 
Yeah, I mean that that video really encapsulates itself perfectly. There, there, you you can listen to us tell you how how fantastic the event went, but really the kids tell you in that video exactly what they kind of loved about it and what they they discovered and and what they learned and things like that sort of stuff. It's a it's a, a great to hear it straight from their own mouths about how how, how fantastic they, they enjoyed it, which is brilliant. Um, and did, you, you said that the lowest that you end up with was 14, was it? How, yeah. So did, did you find that the, the, the kids did actually kind of stay the whole week and kind of come each morning most of the time? They did, yeah. Um, they, they started out at the at the beginning of the week working on, on sort of a more basic, like creating their, their avatar and make, working on their sprite, changing things about it. And by the end of the week, they were able to create their own, their own uh, game for their... They've got their boat chasing round about, and that I think the best thing for me was watching them all, listening to Alan, talking them through how to explode their boat, <laughs> and they're just they're all sitting really intently listening to what he's saying, and then within sort of a less than five minutes, there's boats exploding all over Logan to learn. No fish were harmed, I have to say, <laughs> but there was there were lots of exploding boats about Logan to learn, so. Yeah, I, it was it was it was great to see them that they were they were keen to do it. They were looking forward to coming back, um, asking when they could come back to the library. So, um, like Hillary, we've got our uh, our six week block set up. So I will get you the dates and you can get them out for me shortly. Fantastic, sounds sounds brilliant. Uh, and it's always good to see kids enjoying themselves and doing something Absolutely. a bit a bit kind of less traditional library sort of in in their buildings and see see how they enjoy it and stuff like that so it's great to see um i think one of the probably most unique events is what we were talking about earlier um life size coding or, or human coding as as some people might know it as as well and um, can you tell us a lot bit more about that so obviously we've kind of hinted about about a grid and stuff like that so how, how did that exactly work what what was going on there well, we we started off with this this great idea that we would we would mark out a grid on the floor, and then when we realised how long it was going to take us to to put masking tape down on the floor in every library we went to, and the fact that I couldn't <laughs> I can't draw a straight line with a ruler, um, we we kind of felt that maybe wasn't quite the way to go. So we were looking at different ways of trying to make something that was transportable, that was going to be easy to use, and something as well that potentially you can do at home. Mm-hmm. And we came across the knots and crosses kits that are made with the EVA foam tiles. Yeah. Um. So we went for two colours of tiles. So we had black and orange, and it was basically set up like a, a chessboard. Right. So we we got it down to a fine art. We were able to get all of the tiles into one wee plastic box trolley. We had were two bags of goodies. We are knots and crosses, and we're we're um obstacles with our cones and our beanbags and, and whatnot and another bag and uh, we went from the first day we set it up when it when it took us about 20 minutes to get the, the grid set up and marked out to we could have it done in sort of a five minutes so yes we were able to come down come into a library and very quickly put down the digital learning teams stamp on the floor yeah that that means co- cause trouble and move all the shelving because we need to basically get back to floor space uh, <laughs> uh, did, did you get any kind of really funny looks off of some of the staff as just came in and kind of moved stuff about and started laying out a massive giant board game essentially in the middle of the, the libraries yeah we got quite <laughs> a lot of funny looks we got quite a lot of what exactly you're doing or um 
<laughs> is this really work? Yeah. So, and yes, it absolutely is work. It's absolutely <laughs> a STEM activity. There was a yeah. lot of thinking and a lot of planning went into it. Um, but it was great fun. It we, really was. We certainly fun. did, and we certainly did in in Wishaw as well. Because hold our hands up after we had coded in Wishaw, we used that same board, and played snakes and ladders and Connect Four on it as well. Absolutely, um, all in Mul the name of science. Multi-purpose. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I think that was the thing is as we um as we were putting it down throughout the week, we were kind of thinking, do you know, we could do this. Is all we could do? Do you think we could? think we could use these to do so it was getting really really we were getting more carried away I think than the kids were so uh, so yeah I think um, I think the grid will be coming out fairly regularly it might not always be life science coding but it'll always be STEM. Yeah, I think I think it's good to say as well that you know, once that grid's down and there's a kind of obstacle course through it if you like so what the, the what um, the youngsters were tasked with was to go from a, a green start cone to the red finish cone and they could only move one space at a time unless they were told they could move multiple places but they had to do exactly what they were told to do so in some instances um we started off certainly in, in south we maybe started off with somebody on the grid to explain it and so we would give them a set of instructions to kind of move in people would get to see that shift a few things around take everybody off the grid and get them to kind of work out that code of how to get from green to red and write it down. And then it was a case of debugging it. So put a human back onto your onto your grid and read your code back to them. And they could only do exactly as they were told. Yeah. And actually, people found that really, really difficult because you knew that you wanted to turn when you got to a certain obstacle. But unless you were told to do that, you couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, so it was. I think it was a good experience for both both those who were writing the code and getting it tested, and those who were actually trying to follow instructions step by step, and only what they were told to do as well. It's great as well. The number of times, and it happened in every location. I think that we did it, and the the number of times you heard, "No, your other left, <laughs> your other right." It's one of those things that a lot of people struggle with sometimes. You get, the, we were just, everybody was getting so carried away with what, what you were doing. And as Hillary says, you know what way you want to turn. Um, and then somebody's shouting instructions at you and you just total overload, totally excited, turning the wrong way. Yes, I was probably the person that was turning the wrong way the most, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, said, were, I'm sorry, I was going to say, I, I, I know in a couple of places we learned that it was I was today's year today days old when when I learned that if I take my left hand and make an L and, and use my, my thumb and my first finger I can make an L and that's a left hand um, and that was just the adults. <laughs> Fantastic. Now, you were talking about uh, kind of springing the inspiration to your mind. It actually kind of makes me think a little bit back to something that Hillary and I done a long long time ago now yeah. of of the book cover Sudoku and uh, that whole kind of like grid thing could work perfectly for that as, as something that we that that um any library wanting to kind of throw out a kind of quick activity could get some of those tiles get some massive book covers and play book to do cool that was a fantastic time back <laughs> they played that and a lot of work much more difficult than putting those tiles together to put, put together that board i have to say um but yeah that's fantastic so there's another possibility you could do with that and that grid is have a massive book to do cool board so there you go 
<laughs> Fantastic. Um, now, um, Phyllis, you, you can mention the inspiration behind that that really can, came out of um, the, the webinar that you saw a long time ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I'd, um, I'd had, we'd, we'd had a code club running in Cumbernauld and a parent had asked me if we had anything that was suitable for a four-year-old. Yeah. And I said, not at the moment, but leave it with me. Um, unfortunately, because of COVID, the four-year-old's now about seven or eight. <laughs> <laughs> but it did it did inspire me to go looking um, to see what I could find. So I came across a, a STEM webinar where it was talking about different activities and particularly activities that could be done out in the community and came across the whole uh, life-size coding idea. And again, they, they had to put it down with, with masking tape on the floor and thought that, that looks really good but then the, the practicalities of somebody like me who was able to glue themselves to the wee craft activity when they were doing interland <laughs> actually putting the masking tape down on the floor every day and I thought, you know this is just going to be an absolute nightmare I'm going to end up like a mummy so we we then started looking at different ways of doing it and looking to see what other people were, were doing if they see how how much uptake there had been after that webinar to see what other folk had been doing with it, how they had been managing it. Um, and the tiles just kept coming. Hilary and I spent about an hour and a half one night looking through various different things and different um, sort of obstacle kits and things, trying to work out how we were going to do it. And the one that we kept coming back to was the foam tiles because yeah. so many people have got them now. Yeah. You know, I mean, at, when, when my kids were wee, we had them down so that if they were falling about when they were playing, they were, they were going to be slightly less injured than if they <laughs> fell directly on the floor. <laughs> so um, so they, I, they, were, they were a great, great... Um, idea and the the fact that it came as the part of the knots and crosses so we were getting the knots and crosses game as well but we were also getting some some bits and pieces that we were going to be able to use as um obstacles and and to mark off parts of the grid that this is an area that you can't go to so that we were able to kind of direct them through to sort of force them to make choices like you have to go left you have to go right you yeah to yeah. actually make sure they were creating a, a good code. It, it kind of let us evolve it as, as the sessions went on as well, because I know we certainly got to the point where um, maybe started with just the X's on the on the grid, so you can't go to that square. Um, but by the end of a session, we often had um, four different coloured cones out around the grid and the hoops on on the grid and so you had to not just navigate not hitting the x's but you actually had to go and get each hoop and then turn to be able to throw it over the over the the cone as well and you got extra points for that if you could do that as well so can i just point out here that david and peter both have an unfair advantage when it comes to throwing hoops (laughs) at cones because they barely even had to bend their knees to get it to go over the cone hillary and i being slightly height challenged <laughs> had a wee bit more difficulty trying to get the the hoops to go over the cones but uh, yeah they, you definitely want to be in the, one of their teams <laughs> if you're looking for points fantastic now so all the events sound as if they were fantastic now what was kind of overall feedback you got from some of the events generally were they were was it quite well received from everyone that kind of really took part 
I think certainly any event I was at, everybody was just raving about it at the end and had had, had such a good time. Um, so I've had a lot of really good verbal feedback from people, um, both the youngsters and from the parents. But I know, Phyllis, you, you actually got some, some written feedback as well. We did. Um, we've we've been posting things on Twitter and various different social media and we had a, a few comments back that way. And then at the end, particularly of our Code Club boot camp, I'm having the same problem as you, Chris. It's like it's almost like I've got somebody else's yeah. teeth and tongue in when yeah. I'm trying to it's say a, that. It's a bit of a tongue twister, isn't it? It really but... is, isn't it? <laughs> so at the end of the Code Club boot camp, which was our final activity in, uh, in Cumbernauld, so some of the kids had been at all of the activities that we had done. So we got some thank you cards. Um, and one of our cards was thanking us for how much the person's granddaughters had enjoyed the events that they attended. And they had been at a few events and had the girls had had a great time. And another one was a, a big thank you from, and I'm going, to, I'm going to embarrass her now, and I'm going to say a big thank you from Charlotte <laughs> for being at Code Club Bootcamp and also for being at VR. And Charlotte was one of the one of the kids who was a great help at the the Code Club boot camp, um, along with the uh, with Caleb and Anthony and Christo, because they were going dotting about and helping other kids. Tommy was great. He was he was showing off his his skills and making sure that everybody was saving their stuff so that we, we were able to go back in and make changes to things the next day. So to actually get thank you cards from them was absolutely fantastic. And in compensation for all of the ice poles and ice lollies that I gave out that week, <laughs> we even got a bar of chocolate each. And, and I'm sure that you've still got some of that chocolate left, I'm sure, Phyllis. Of course we have. <laughs> well, maybe... Um, Maybe like a wee corner of the wrapper or something at the bottom <laughs> of the bin. <laughs> uh, uh, that's that's fantastic. Uh, I mean, get, getting feedback from from the kids and stuff like that is great. But I mean, getting the, even in a kind of thank you card thing that makes it even a uh, little bit more special. And us librarians uh, and, and library staff are, are a bit sentimental. I mean, we do genuinely keep these things for a long, long time. And, and absolutely. I will absolutely <laughs> admit to them being pinned up on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> they are now trophies. <laughs> on those on those difficult days where everything's not quite going right for you, they give, they give you a little bit of a, a kind of helping hand to get through the rest of the day whenever you see the, the all the hard work is worth it in the end. So it's great to have that. And um, and it's fantastic. The kids kind of enjoyed it so much to kind of give that, give that kind of feedback to us. So... What is um what's on what's on the horizon then for for code and 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 uh, and North North Lateral Libraries? Is uh we've kind of mentioned Wisho and Cumbernauld have kind of got yep. camps coming up and things like that again. So and so that's kind of on the horizon. So it's a kind of it's a watch this space and for dates and things like that for those. Watch this space for dates. We've got um we've got a couple of six week sessions set up in the Cumbernauld area. So we'll do a six week session in Cumbernauld and then a six week session in Kilsyth. And then after Christmas we'll do another two six week sessions. Um dates and times to be decided. Uh but yeah, we'll get we'll get that done. We're hoping as well to get the life size coding kit back out maybe around about the October week and see if we can get some Get some more interest in it then. I know, and Hillary's probably going to batter me now for saying that. She was like, oh, God, I thought we were going to get a break for that for five minutes. <laughs> 
Uh, it's finally it's finally back in our, our set here is finally back in the library rather than lying in my living room where I was really tempted <laughs> at one point to take it out set it up and play with it. Um, South area wise, yeah, we're going to run a, a a code club after school in Wishaw. Um, still waiting just to confirm some some dates when we look at some staffing um, around that. And we will get another couple set up as well. But um, we're just at the point where we're ju we're still just trying to confirm where and when we can actually do it. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's coming. It's it's, it's a great event. Um, and. You know, we we have the options. Yes, we've been talking about doing Scratch, um, but we we can extend it into to working with some harder languages like Python um, as we go as well. So we'll 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 see how it runs out. Just yeah, keep watching your local library to see if it appears. Good stuff. And and normally normally as as a a book focused um uh podcast so I, I thought we kind of maybe end it with, with seeing if there's any, if anyone's looking into basic coding and stuff like that is there any recommended books or websites or anything like that that folk can have a look at to kind of see if maybe kind of get the basics from and kind of start their own learning before coming along to boot camp or something like that kind of stuff and and kind of showing off the skills that they've learned before they come along uh, Chris I can I, I can I can do you a, a good one here. She's and going actually, to steal the one plug. I was going to say. <laughs> I, can plug, I, can, I, I can actually plug Libby, um, our, one of our e-magazine apps, um, because on there, there are a number of uh, coding-based magazines. And one of them in particular is called Coding for Kids Scratch. And this was, uh, um, David actually, the digital assistant out in Wishaw, found this just at the beginning of our week. And I have to say, this has led to some of the most competition I have seen all summer, um, as some of the activities in there have been worked through by our digital assistants, and they become very competitive against one another okay. when it comes to this. Um, so, yep, that's available on Libby. Um, and I know that in a number of the branches, there are um, various titles in in the children's non-fiction sections which includes sort of, sort of coding adventures uh, and so on as well and for any adults there's there's usually um some introductory coding although it tends to be less fun uh, in in the non-fiction sections there so yeah MD want to give it a shot do that website wise um one of my favorites when we're not doing code club is a site called out of code uh, and there's a whole lot of things on there. And what's really, really good about that one is that actually a lot of um, sort of franchises have allowed their car characters to be used. So you can go and code Elsa in Frozen scenarios. Um, and, and that's the one that kind of springs to mind. But there, there are, I think there's sort of Minecraft stuff on there. There's, um, I want to say Mario appears as well, but... I'd need to, I kind of can't remember. I'm <laughs> days away from this now, I'm trying to block it out. <laughs> <laughs> Phyllis, is, is there anything that you want to add to that? Or has, has Hilary covered all the best ones? Hilary's covered the best ones. Out of Codes, definitely, it's, it's a good one um, to go to. Uh, the Again, the the non-fiction stuff that we've got in the, the kids' library. And as Hilary says, the adult stuff tends to be just that wee shade more boring. So do not be embarrassed about taking the kids' books out. 
You may well find that if you're in Cumbernauld or Coatbridge that you have to ask for a member of the digital team because we may have borrowed the books. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, I definitely recommend the, the kids' non-fiction coding books. There's, there's really good, the interesting uh, activities, interesting projects to do. And it's just quite nice at the end of the day to see your wee sprite bouncing along the screen or or um, as um, I think it was Abigail was want to do, exploding a dog. So you know, everybody's got everybody's got a trademark. We had a, we had um, dogs exploding in space for a for a couple of a couple of sessions. So why not? Absolutely, you know, everybody's got a trademark. If you can code it, why not do it? <laughs> if you can code it, you can do it. <laughs> Fantastic. Guys, it sounds as if you've had lots and lots of fun throughout summer with these events and it sounds more importantly that all the kids that came along have had equally as much fun, which is brilliant. Um, thank you for joining me today and, and coming along and chatting about it. I think that we may try and change the, the cover of this podcast to for the love of coding rather than for the love of books because it's been a great kind of chance kind of talking about all the fun coding and the digital learning that's been going on throughout the summer. So it's been a fantastic time so thank you very much for coming along to do that with me thanks for um, having us you're more welcome and just uh, to kind of round up everything i'll give a week and a few um updates if you like on a few things um borrow has got its always available titles this month as usual and it features north lancher's very own graham armstrong with the young team so that is a, definitely a book worth checking out if you want to see that uh, read that and and you can also listen to it as well there's the audio, audio book on there too for that as well um Hilary mentioned earlier on libby um our e magazine service it does also have e-newspapers from press reader on there too which can save an absolute fortune if you buy a daily paper you can get them for free on press reader via libby as well all you need is your library card number and your library password download the app and you can get straight in there and access those as well and we have taken our first little footsteps into the world of tiktok as well so do visit tiktok and follow us at at libraries nl if you want to kind of get us on your for you page and find out little bits of library information while you're using tiktok if that's your thing and if you've enjoyed this podcast, don't forget you can leave us some feedback by using hashtag FLB podcast on Twitter or by using the email librarypodcast at northland.gov.uk. But that's all for us, guys. We have got more podcasts planned for future, so do listen out for them or watch out for them. And thanks for listening. Bye, guys.